Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. All right, why don't you put your hand on your heart? Just say this, I can hear from the Lord. (laughs) I can hear His voice. Amen. (laughs) Yeah, I want to, well... I'm really excited to be here, not being in the prayer room and then just coming. Um, this really just blesses my heart. And uh, yeah, anyways, um, I want to talk about uh, kind of just lingering what we've been talking about in the past few weeks. I want to talk about prophecy. Um, it's the normal experience for those who put their trust in Jesus. It's normal. It's not rare. It's not for just the prophet. It's not just for you don't need me uh, for you to hear from God. Um, there's this beauty of community um, for sure. Um, I, you know, anyways, so there's this beauty for community. And a lot of us have heard words from friends and family that we trust and have been impacted. But it is normal experience for every individual to come to Jesus and hear from him himself. Um, I am excited for the weeks ahead. I don't know if we're going to keep touching on the new covenant. We'll see. But um, I just, I'm so glad for the time that we live in. And, um, and I'm so glad that I can hear God's voice. Um, we value the prophetic here. I want to talk about the gift of prophecy. But for a moment, um, I just want to touch on, we, we value the prophetic in this house because we value intimacy with God. And you transition from knowing about God to knowing God when you hear his voice for yourself. Um, it has always been God's desire uh, to, to, to know you and for you to know that you're known and for you to know God. It's always been his desire from beginning to end. Um, from the garden, I mean, Adam was formed. He breathed his breath and in the glory of God. That's where he woke up. That's when he saw in the second time he was with his wife, which is pretty glorious. But Adam was in the cool of the day with, with God. And our story is going to a wedding. Um, Revelations 19, I'm going to touch a lot of passages, but um, I'm just going to go a little fast. I think I have more, uh, not as much time as I thought. That's my fault. Um, I get excited. Uh, So Revelations 19, 6 and 8, it says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. This is what you were just, yeah. It was was really awesome. When he said it, I was like, yeah. Mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Feels good. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his bride has made herself ready. This is where we're going. How is the bride made ready? Again, I, I just want to emphasize or reemphasize, lay this foundation that it is normal for you to hear God's voice for yourself. You don't need anyone else to do this. Uh, it, is, it is the blessing of this new covenant. How is this bride made ready? Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. This is the rhema word. This is the spoken word. How is the bride made ready? By the voice of God. Thank you, Lord. I propose to you that in order to know God intimately, direct prophetic communication is required. 
It is required. Um, I'm, gl- I'm glad for the people who's gone before us who, who teaches and who, who have these beautiful revelations, but you do transition from knowing about God to knowing God when you hear God for yourself. Um, Samuel, is everyone familiar with Samuel, the Old Testament prophet, one of the greatest prophets of all scripture, I would say, at least my favorite. Um, he was a fulfillment, um, at least partially, for what was spoken in Deuteronomy 18, where God says, I'll raise up for them a prophet like you among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them, and I uh, speak to them all that I command him. Uh, well, First Samuel, we see he was raised up as a faithful priest. This is First Samuel 2.35. Who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. This is what God's saying. I'm going to raise Samuel up. I will build him a sure house, and he shall go in and out before my anointed forever. 1 Samuel 3, 19, 20 says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. Samuel was raised up in the midst of a really corrupted nation uh, and a corrupted church system. Uh, Eli was the priest of that day. He was neglecting the duty of the, the temple. Uh, his sons were defiling. They were doing some crazy messed up stuff within the church and with God's people. Um, and here God, in the midst of that, God raised up Samuel. There's a passage in 1 Samuel 3. You could actually turn there. Samuel has this encounter with the Lord. Um, he grows up. Hannah, his mom, gives them to the service of the Lord and He's raised up in the house of God. He's found ministering to God um, while Eli is off somewhere else and his sons are doing terrible things. We find this boy being faithful to ministering to the Lord. 1 Samuel 3, uh, verse 1. It says this, The boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. I think this is interesting. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. Um, the voice of the Lord's tied here to the vision, to seeing him. Um, we see this in Pentecost, day of Pentecost. Dreams and visions follow in the pouring out of the, the spirit. Um, it's how God's made known. Anyway, so uh, verse 2. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, which means they probably most likely let the Lamb of God go out, which was, again, neglecting temple duties. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose. And went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. And here it is, verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Here's his boy in the house of God. Surely he understood the prophecy. Surely he had um, whatever was available at that time. Um, but the word that he had not yet known was God's very voice. He hadn't recognized it yet. And it was at this point where, where the Lord was actually revealed to him when he spoke to him. And so 
He was ministering. He was doing all the right things. He was in the temple, but he had yet to know God because God had yet to speak to him. Um, Matthew 16, 16, uh, Jesus asks Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? Or he asks his disciple, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, and blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. In order to recognize Jesus as the Son of the living God, revelation, direct revelation needs to be hit to your heart. You, it cannot just be said from the outside. God has to reveal it to you. Flesh and blood can't reveal this. When Paul prays over the Ephesians, he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. He prays that they would know him by this that the Father of glory would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The way to move from knowing about God is to, is to know God is, is found in his voice. His voice is tied to intimacy. We value the prophetic because we value to grow in the knowledge of God. This house, we desire to know God more. Um, and so because of that, if we desire to know him, the means of knowing him is by encounter, direct prophetic communication, with the, which is what the covenant opens up for us to come. Listen, if you're born again, God desires for you to know him. Therefore, he's going to speak to you. And often the problem is not is God speaking. Is um, are, Maybe one side is, are we listening? That, that's probably, it's, it's good to pull away and to, to, to get alone with God and, and allow the noise of the world to just kind of die down. But another probably do you understand the different ways that God communicates uh, he doesn't just speak English and um, I think Crystal had mentioned this he doesn't just speak English he speaks um, we'll see the characteristics of the the day of Pentecost when the spirit was poured out by dreams and visions he speaks in this way he speaks in trances people were caught up in the spirit whatever that means I want it I just don't know what that means um, catch me up Lord um, so his, his voice is, 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 is tied to intimacy. John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made to you. We value the prophetic because we value knowing the Lord. And as a house, we want to grow in the knowledge, not just individuals, not just individual burning ones, but we want a community of burning ones, a community that has heard the voice of the Lord together. This is the new covenant reality for every believer, that you can hear the Lord. I know a lot of you know this already, but it's good to be reminded. And for those, even from the point of just being saved, at that point, you have the ability to hear the Lord. This is the new covenant reality. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34 says this, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Verse 33, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. They were on tablets on the outside of man, but here in this new covenant, God will put his law within us, and I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. Come on. Prophetic communication is the normal Christian experience. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. 
prophecy is also, I, I just want to be clear. You can hear from the Lord. You can hear from the Lord. Everyone who's put their trust in Jesus has been thrusted into this covenant. And the beauty of this covenant is that we can know the Lord by hearing his voice. Everyone understands. Yes, no one's excluded. No one's out of this. Everyone, everyone. Now, the gift of prophecy, I would say, is the normative experience for every believer as well. Now, prophetic communication is the Lord speaking to you. The gift of prophecy, simply, base level, is a human, uh, Sam Storm says it this way, a human report of divine revelation. God speaks to you, and you put human language to it and release it. Make sense? Okay. God had revealed his desire in the book of Joel for all people. Peter quotes it on the day of Pentecost. Uh, you can turn there, Acts 2, 17, 18. Two seventeen eighteen. Yep. He says this, verse 17, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Again, one of the primary work of the Spirit in the last days is to empower people to prophesy. This is the one characteristic of the present church age. When we say last days, when Peter says, and in these last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The last days, we're speaking of from the day of Pentecost to the day of the return of the Lord. This speaks of the duration of how this is supposed to go, all right? When he says all flesh, he means all flesh, young and old, right? Our young men and old men will receive dreams and visions, all genders, male and female, all social rank, even on the servants, the spirits will be poured out, all races, all flesh, all flesh, the spirit will be poured out. This day in the spirit's power is not designed just to inaugurate and launch the new covenant as cessationists we've been talking about. Um, I won't go too deeply into this, but uh, cessationists would believe that this, the gifts and the, and the gifts of power only happened just to launch the new covenant. Now, for sure, it did launch something. Um, but what Peter is saying when he says in the last days, he's listing the characteristics of the present age. It was designed by God to characterize the experience of God's people throughout the course of this age until Jesus comes back. So when I read Acts 2, we are reading a description of what the Holy Spirit does in and through God's people as a normative experience in this age. Does that make sense? This is everyone's in this. Everyone. So it's not only a desire by God, but a command to pursue this gift. Um, Johnny touched, touched this last week, but Paul expresses the desire for this. He says, 1 Corinthians 14, 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. He says it clearly, 14, 1 in 1 Corinthians, pursue love and, in, and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Uh, I want to say it's normal um, for you to, to walk in this, to prophesy, um, but you would also, he said it and it kind of like, hit me in the heart um you'd be in disobedience 
to not earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy this isn't an opinion this is this is a command um so not only is it the 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 desire of god that all should prophesy but it's also a command pursue it pursue it. we'll find we'll see why in a second but pursue it so what is the purpose of the gift of prophecy my hope today is uh to lay a foundation that that you that everyone would run with this um we don't want just a few people prophesying and whatever is great it's better than zero but we want the whole church is meant to run to run and to, to encourage one another, to prophesy over each other. We need this. We need everyone to step in to this. Um, and so my desire is to just give you some tools that would allow you to just freely run, to freely run, to grow, and to, to steward what God's doing. So what is the purpose for the gift of prophecy? Why is it so important that Paul would command us to pursue this gift? What's the desired outcome of this gift? What, what should it do? All right. I'm going to highlight two things. There are, there are more. Uh, we see in Scripture the, the gift of prophecy was used uh, to wage war. To, uh, Paul would talk to, first, uh, to Timothy in 1 Timothy, uh, wage the good warfare by the words you've received. He uses prophecy as a way to wage war. Um, Paul and Barnabas was launched into ministry. The Holy Spirit spoke to a community. And so their gift of prophecy launched people into their calling, also gave them where to go and when to go. Um, Paul has this experience with uh, a guy, I think it's in Acts 13, he's, he's preaching and he looks intently to this guy and he sees that this guy has faith to be made well. So again, prophetic revelation, all prophecy starts with prophetic revelation, meaning it doesn't, it's not rooted in the flesh. You can't come up with this. Uh, the Holy Spirit has to reveal something and then you proclaim it, this would be pro prophecy. The Holy Spirit revealed to Paul somehow as he's preaching that this man was, made, was ready to be made whole. He had faith. And so this is what this is what prophecy does. Fourteen, I think, um, in First Corinthians fourteen, it says that when an unbeliever comes into a gathering and someone's prophesying, his the secrets of his hearts is revealed, and it causes him to fall and to worship God. That's just amazing. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight two other two things, but uh, the gift of prophecy is incredibly powerful. Um, because, well, Holy Spirit's incredibly powerful. So um, the first is, why, why, why do we need this gift present, and what's the purpose of it? Um, the Holy Spirit is made known to all when the spiritual gifts are in use. The Holy Spirit is made known to all when the spiritual gifts are in use. Turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 4. We'll camp out here for the rest of our time. Y'all there? Yeah, cool. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> All right. First Corinthians 12. Verse 4, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit 
the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, which is our topic today, to another, the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Sam Storm says this, a spiritual gift is when the Holy Spirit manifests his presence and imparts his power into and through individual believers to enable them to exceed the limitations of their finite humanity so that they might faithfully and effectively fulfill certain ministry tasks for the building up of the body. Simply put, the Holy Spirit lives in each one who has put their faith in God. We can only do so much in our finite capacity. Um, thank God for the Holy Spirit. What he ends up doing is empowering us with God's power, with his power to exceed what we can, can't do in our flesh. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace. When we are weak, he is made strong. We need to embrace our weakness and allow the Spirit to be the Spirit. And when we prophesy, there are things we won't know I can't encourage people only to a certain uh, an extent. I can only do so much in my in my wisdom, in my in my understanding. The Holy Spirit, when I when when prophecies release, we see God's power demonstrated, and it ends up bringing life to every individual. It ends up encouraging, or should a real prophecy would. It ends up encouraging. <laughs> just clar let's clarify that. There's a lot. We won't go there, but a prophecy should do this. The Holy Spirit is present. Um, t -t -t spiritual gifts are only possible because the Holy Spirit is here. Spiritual gifts does not have its origin in man. Though it may be man that was used as the vessel, its origins is with the Holy Spirit. When we see healings, when prophetic songs come out, um, the victory is yours. I don't know what, man, I... I was going to jump and fly to the roof. Yeah, um, whatever you were shouting right at the end of that bridge. So good. Um, when prophetic songs come out, when the gift of tongues come out, when interpretation, it, these gifts aren't to make man look awesome. That's not what they're designed for. They're, they should draw attention to the Holy Spirit. When, when, when Pat starts, you know, ah, da, 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 yeah, you know, whatever, and then, and then Crystal or whoever interprets, it should alert our hearts. Oh, my goodness. God is here. God is here. God's about to say something. He's present right now. When someone gets healed, again, it's not about the person who prayed. Thank God for their obedience and thank God for their faith and whatever, but it's not about them. It, the Holy Spirit is present. When someone gets healed, it's like, oh my goodness, look what God did. Look what God did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gift of prophecy is nothing, nothing less than the Holy Spirit in us, enlightening our minds with revelatory truths and wisdom to accomplish his purpose in the church. Notice 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. He's about to list all these spiritual gifts, and this is how he describes it. It's the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Yeah. 
again, uh, I've been reading a lot of Sam Storm. So he, he says this, spiritual gifts are visible and vocal disclosures of divine activity and only secondarily human activity. Spiritual gifts are the way in which the Spirit Himself makes evident to and through us His presence whenever we do ministry. The charismata are God's way of going public among His people. How good is that? How good? So when you prophesy, or if you haven't, when you begin to journey in this way, um, I find it's incredibly helpful and, and holy, like that God is speaking through me to know, oh my goodness, God, you're here, you're inside of me, and you're giving me this, this wisdom or truth or whatever it may be, this encouragement, and, um, and its power is going to land and it's going to touch people, and it's just really exciting. The second reason to prophesy, again, these are the two that's been really moving me to, um, to really pursue this gift at a greater measure. Um, one, I, I, I love when the Holy Spirit is evident and, and seen. I love, I love when we have these, these moments of worship and, and everyone's encountering the Lord. Um, they're just so beautiful to me. And uh, it, it's really what makes the church beautiful is that the Lord's in our midst, you know? And so if... We don't want to quench the spirit. You know, this is also a command. We don't want to quench the spirit or, and despise prophecy. There was a lot of ugly things that's happened. But we, you know, Paul's talking to a people who, has, who have abused the gifts. They have abused them. And he's not saying don't use them. He's saying earnestly pursue them. There must be a reason why he's telling us to do this. And, and this, this whole thing that the Holy Spirit would be seen, I think is of utmost importance. It's our desire to know him. And, um, and we want people to see him we want people to come here and say the lord is here and this is one of the ways this applies to all the spiritual gifts but this is one of the ways the second reason um has been such an encouragement to me um or real motivator prophecy builds up the church if if we're going to grow into the likeness as a community if we're going to grow into the likeness of jesus prophecy is one of the tools that God has given to his people that his people would look like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 14, 12. Uh, just a page over. I'm going to stay in this area. Um, he says this, verse 12, So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, keep in mind, he's speaking to the Corinthian church, which has abused a lot of things. Um, he's saying, if you're eager for the manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Uh, we just read this. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. For what? For the common good. This gift, again, is not to make you look awesome. Um, you can stay here. I'm just going to read it. 1 Peter 4, 10 says this, as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. In this sense, the gift of prophecy is less of a privilege and more of a responsibility. I'm going to read through 1 Corinthians 14. You can track along. But verse 3 says this, just to really prove this point. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. 14.4. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. 14.5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. 14.12. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestation of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. 
14.26, What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. 14.31, For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. Ephesians 4, uh, 11 through 13, speaking of the fivefold, he says he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Here it is for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Why do we need the gift of prophecy present amongst us? Why does everyone have to jump in? Well, the reason is if we all desire to grow into God's likeness, we all need to function in these things because prophecy builds up. It builds up. It encourages and it consoles. And you guys get to play a part in this. I was in Teen Challenge uh, many years ago. Um, a lot of my foundational, uh, well, a lot of a lot of foundations been laid there. And... Um, the first time I knew logically that God spoke, um, that made sense to me. If God created, he's, I just look at creation. There's a lot of complex things that were done. Of course, he can hear me. Um, but I, I only, I haven't really experienced it to what I'm about to share. So I, I was, I was in this service. It was an, uh, an altar call and it was much smaller than here. And the noise was loud people were singing. There were people standing, uh, at Teen Challenge, it was, like all the men, they yelled. I mean, when they worshipped, you heard it like from a mile away. It was pretty nuts. Uh, the women too, I would say. More than men though, more than men. Yeah. Yeah. They were more sanctified. Um, they did okay. They did okay. So here I am. I'm, at the, I'm not even at the altar. I'm at the, the, the second row and I'm, I'm wrestling, man. I feel the Lord's presence. I, I'm overcome by his holiness and, uh, and by my, uh, sinfulness. Like I'm really like overwhelmed by it and I'm talking to the Lord. And again, no one hears me. I'm not yelling. I'm just crying, uh, like a baby. And I'm, I'm asking God a question and I'm wrestling through this thing. And, um, again, there are just people all over and they're yelling and their people are weeping. People are laughing. It was just, it was really beautiful. Um, and one of the leaders, Pastor Charles, actually, uh, I, I just got done asking God a question. Like it was a very specific question and it was very like, Anyway, so I'm sobbing. It's not everywhere. And I'm just like, God. And, uh, and this guy comes up to me. He has no idea what I just asked the Lord. And he just whispers in my ear the answer. He whispers the answer. I asked and immediately, he has no idea why he's about to tell me what he's about to tell me. And he comes up to my ear and he says, and he gives me the word. And I'm telling you, I broke down. I was, it was like, I knew God heard me. But at that moment, I'm like, God hears me. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm crying even more. I look, thank God there, it was a closed community and stuff like that. No one saw that. But I was so, the, here's the point for that is that um, that was like one of the hardest years that I, that I had being in, in there. Not, be, not because of the program. Um, it's a lot of dying to self. There was a lot of, um, <laughs> there was no like, baby, I'll work on this and then tomorrow I'll work on that. It was like, you got to do all of it. Like, let's just deal with all your issues, all your pride. It's like, Okay, let's just rip this band-aid off. And it was very hard for me. And um, but this word, this moment when I heard God it like it did something to me. And anytime I hit this wall, this prophetic word, um, it like it strengthened me to continue, 
to go. And a lot of you know what this is like. A lot of you are going through some stuff, but you have a word. You have a word. And this is what prophecy does. It makes you, it gives you the strength to stand. This is not just happenstance. This is not just a good idea that you heard. This is God's power. And it's doing what it's designed to do in your life. Man, I'm so grateful for that. Um, so I, I want to give you guys... Listen, so you can all hear God's voice. If you haven't, there's probably worth just mentioning here. Um, part of the issue for me when I was growing and hearing God's voice is I didn't understand how he spoke. Um, uh, I mentioned this before, but God speaks in a lot of different ways. His, his form of communication is not just through English. When I first encountered the Lord, um, I had, I'm just going to get, it might be weird for some of you, but it is just normal. Again, it's supposed to be. Um, I had this inward audible voice. Um, it was it was so clear in my head that it felt like it was loud. It felt like it was it felt like it might have come from the outside. It didn't. It was in my but God spoke to me a few times. It wasn't a lot, but a few times in my head with such clarity and precision. And um, when I first heard it, a month later, I gave my life to the Lord. He just wooed me with his voice. And um, and again, I was a drug addict. I was I was in a bunch of bad stuff. And he just spoke and he drew me into this place. Um, dreams and visions are, are common. Dreams and visions are the way um, that it's described at least in Acts 2. Uh, some people are caught up in trances and stuff like that. Uh, whenever I get a word of knowledge, I, I feel pain on a particular part of my body. Um, again, this could be weird, but it wasn't a pain that I had. And God shows me, oh, someone has this issue. And so this is one of the ways he does this. Um, Anyways, what I'm saying is that God has a wide bandwidth of communicating. Uh, he communicates by his presence when you feel the, the peace of God. Though you may not hear a word, he's communicating peace to you. When, when, when love begins to touch you, he communicates by his presence. There's, there's a whole different ways. And some of you guys are actually hearing the Lord, but you're discounting it because it doesn't sound like how I would talk to you. And I just want to just encourage you to begin to... Um, I guess it's just be with the Lord and ask him, Lord, where, where are you speaking to me? And I'm just not listening. Um, I, I hope that's helpful. Um, for me, it, it took a while just to recognize God was speaking in a whole bunch of different ways. When he speaks to Jeremiah, he says, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see an almond branch um, as if it was in bloom. And then a prophetic word. He says, yeah, you saw right. And, he, and a prophetic word is launched. Jeremiah saw a natural tree. It was just physical. It was a physical tree, and the voice of the Lord came. He can't, Jeremiah eighteen. He sees that he's at the potter's house, right? He sees this thing happening. How is this pottery made? And then a prophetic word comes forth. Um, a lot of these things are more. They're more natural than you think. And a lot of you guys are experiencing the voice of God, but you're discounting it. Um, just keep your heart open. It's probably God, and and just uh, wrestle with it in prayer. Um, yeah. So, okay. So I want to give you some parameters for, for the gift of prophecy. Again, my hope is to that you guys would just run with this. You guys are a part of this and we need you as a body. We're just not just the leaders that are, are doing this. It's not just the prophets who are doing this. Everyone has a part in this, everyone. Um, and so, uh, so I, I love boundaries. Uh, they provide freedom and growth. Um, I found that the boundaries set by the Lord, um, they they just make me happy. <laughs> At first, you may be like, "Well, why the, you know why this?" And then you kind of cross the boundaries, and you realize life's pretty miserable. 
there's there's no there's no relief there's no relief getting outside of the boundaries i promise you this no matter how hard life gets um there'll be every temptation under the sun to go this way or to go that way there's no relief can i just give you a prophetic word no relief there's no relief at all uh and i'm i'm talking by experience all right um but another thing that's valuable is that oftentimes when you stay within the boundaries um when you fail um, there's less of a cleanup involved. When you when you cross the boundaries, there's there is grace and there is forgiveness and whatnot. But when you cross the boundaries, there's more of a cleanup. Um, and so I want to give you guys some boundaries to stay within, to stay away from that part. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Have, everyone's experienced that, right? Crossing boundaries and then having to clean up a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Let's not do that. Um, Anyways, <laughs> so I'll touch this because Johnny touched this last week, but prophecy should be consistent with scripture and God's nature. Uh, I tell you, if you want to grow in, in the prophetic, you should fall in love with this word. Um, it, it gives you the ability to discern God's voice for, for your own life and for the lives of others. Uh, I, I promise you, uh, you don't have to talk like thus says the Lord. Um, if that's the... You don't, you don't have to talk ESV, NIV, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't have to do that. King James, well, King James, yeah. I don't know if anyone, it doesn't matter. Anyways, it sounds nice though. I give you permission to prophesy over me in King James. I give you permission, you can go for it. That's all right, I'm okay with it. So long as the Lord. Um, but uh, the scriptures just show you what God is like. Um, and it often can create a... a a line of am i hearing from the lord or am i hearing from something else whatever that may be your flesh other spirits whatever um so we want to be consistent with scripture so fall in love if you want to grow in the prophetic fall in love with the word um the second is the gift of prophecy has its strength in community um i love the people uh, the 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 gift of prophecy has its strength in community um i, f- I found I'm just gonna bear all the stuff that I ran through and hit my head a hundred times. Uh, community, well, let's say it this way: the gift of prophecy shouldn't have the spirit of competition. Um, sometimes it feels like you have to outdo someone in in a, in a word, and that's not what this is about. So um, you find that when you have a bunch of people who hear the Lord and then you begin to share what the Lord is speaking, you find that either one, I know in our deep, in our briefs for um, prayer room, we all get together, the intercessors, is a wild time, the intercessors and the, the worshipers and the dancers. Um, we get together and everyone either like has the same word but like spoken in different ways. I'm telling you, it's so confirming and encouraging to be like, man, I thought I only heard this and someone says, no, this is how I heard it. And it's like, oh my goodness. And it's like this encouragement. It's like, I'm hearing from the Lord. And and then you all come into this place with faith and with unity. Um, or uh, I'm hearing something, uh, let's say Rob's hearing something else and we find that there's this string attached. And what it ends up doing is providing greater clarity to the voice of God. I was only hearing one aspect, but someone else is hearing another part. And now I have a fuller picture. So community provides a fuller picture of what God is doing. We prophesy in part. And so we know in part. Uh, we know in part, so we prophesy in part. And when you get a whole bunch of parts to come together, I mean, you have a greater capacity to follow the will of the Lord and to follow what God is doing does that make sense yeah so prophecy finds its strength in community um 
Yeah. So, so when you prophesy, just just even with like the counsel of other people, like to help you if you if you're unsure if you're hearing from the Lord, um, it's just really helpful to go by trusted friends and families and leaders. Like, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Um, some people have different gifts too. Um, some people just have a wisdom. How do you apply your prophetic word? You know, um, it's nice to go to someone and be like, well, I, I need wisdom for this. I, I this is what I'm hearing God say, but how do I like? step into it and so um just utilize the people here everyone has everyone's not at the same gift level everyone has different giftings different wisdoms different understanding um the teacher the pastor the evangelist they all have different perspectives and really helpful when we come together um all right i'm gonna move quickly the gift of so again uh consistent with scripture um strength and community the gift of prophecy comes with responsibility all right, responsibility. Yeah, come on, somebody. That's a good word. I'm just going to say it right now. That's a good word. Um, the gift of prophecy comes with responsibility. For uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says this, Have two or three prophets speak and have the others pass judgment. When you receive a word, it is your responsibility to judge it. Not the person who's given it. They have their own responsibilities. But when you are receiving a word, you have a responsibility to judge it, to take it. All right? Is the word consistent with Scripture? Is the word consistent with God's nature? Does it bear witness to what God has already been speaking to you? Does everyone understand this? Not every word. People are different levels. And again, we're trying to grow together. So there's going to be failure. There's going to be grace. And we're doing this as a family. Um, but um, people may be mistaken in what they're hearing. And uh, it's, it's up to you to, to understand. If someone's saying they're prophesying, that you have a responsibility to say, hey, is this the Lord or is this not? You? Again, you're judging the word and not the person. Let's be clear there. But, um, but it's up to you. Am I going to just accept this as a word of the Lord? Because it may not be. And, and it, it may not, it's not malicious. It may not be malicious. It may just be, they just misunderstood or whatever the case may be. But it's your responsibility when someone's prophesying to take responsibility, take ownership and be like, um, that doesn't sound like it, it's scriptural. Sorry, you know, whatever. And then that's it. That You're done. Like, just put it to the side and, and you're good. First um, Thessalonians 5.19 um, it was very helpful for me, but it's, it says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Um, verse 22, abstain from every form of evil. All it, all it means is, um, sorry, whatever is not true, just get rid of it. But it may be possible that someone will give you a word and part of it's true. So test it. And if it's true, hold on to what's true. Whatever's not, it's okay. Abstain from it. You have full permission to do that. Amen? Cool. Now, when you're given a word, be consistent with Scripture. <laughs> be consistent with God's nature. Be, be edifying. Prophecy should be edifying. It should be building up. It should not be self-centered. It, it should be edifying. And, so, um, and it's about not you. It's about the person you're giving the word to. So just keep that in mind. And get feedback it's okay to it's okay to ask hey does that resonate um with you and if you fail can i just say you probably will can i say that yeah all right um so been there 
Uh, if you fail, all, all this is, is really good in understanding, oh, that wasn't God. Um, that was my flesh. That was this. Or I was just mistaken. All information is good information in growing, in growing in the prophetic. All right? Um, and if you were wrong, in humility, just clean up your mess. Whatever mess you make, just clean up. It's totally okay. Does that make, is everyone okay with that? If you give a wrong word, you don't have to be like, nah, don't touch the Lord's anointed or whatever. You don't got... <laughs> You do not gotta get, you don't have to get weird. Like, you just, it's okay that you didn't hear right. It's good for you. It's good for everyone else. They can give you grace. So you bless them by allowing them to give you grace and forgiveness. And, uh, and you get to just, in humility, just clean up whatever, whatever you mess up. All right? Good? All right. Now, uh, finally, the gift of prophecy should be done with love. Hallelujah. First Corinthians. Uh, 13.2 And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love I am nothing. Can I tell you it doesn't matter how accurate you are. If you are prophesying apart from love it is nothing. All right, so you might think, oh, well, I'm accurate, so this matters. No, if, if it's without love, it's without love, it, it's nothing. That's, Paul is saying that he's making it clear, um, right? Uh, the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. So it's like you can have faith with no love, and it, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We want to do things not only in the content of God, but the tone of God. Um, so who... Um, who defines love? Certainly not the world. <laughs> Certainly not. That's like, no way. Um, all these like really corny Christmas movies are coming out and like these romance stuff. I know it's like a, it's a fan favorite in our house. Uh, but like, if I were to define love according to what I see, we are all in trouble. Uh, let me just say that. We are all in trouble. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong, it does, uh, love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, love um, always perseveres, love never fails. It's interesting and I think on purpose that in the midst of the spiritual gifts being listed out in verse in chapter 12 as well as the the section where it says there's one body but many members the the ear cannot go it alone without the knee and so on that we all need each other and then chapter 14 you have um the description of prophecy and tongues and the building up you have right in the middle this chapter the chapter of love and um and it's it's definitely um it's not an accident um, if, if prophecy, if the gift of prophecy should be done in love, then we can take this description. I learned this from Dan McCollum. He has a book called Love and Prophecy. I w it's like 80 pages. I would suggest get it. It's, it's really great read um, and helpful. But if love is patient, then prophecy should be patient. If love does not envy, then prophecy should not envy. There should be no envious motive in your prophetic word. And a lot of the ugly that has happened in the past has been because it, prophecy has been done outside of love. And so, for instance, I'll just name a few just to give an example. Love is patient. 
And so prophecy should be patient. Um, again, content and tone is important, but so is timing. Timing is important. And if, if we're prophesying to an individual and it matters that they receive that word, sometimes uh, in the excitement, oh, I just heard from the Lord, I got to like bust in there and just tell them, they may not be ready to receive it. They may be distracted with kids. They may be doing something, transitioning, whatever. It's, it is loving to wait for an appropriate time. It is loving. Sometimes you get a word and you don't fully have the language yet. And so it, it's loving to wait till you have the communicative like language so that the person would receive it. Uh, does that make sense? We're thinking about the other. God, God is l- releasing a prophetic word through you and he has a purpose. He has an intention for this word. Um, make sense? Love is kind. Our words should be soaked with compassion. It should focus on the person being prophesied to and given in a way that benefits them. It does not envy uh, we're not trying to outdo one another with prophetic words. The focus of our prophetic ministry is not ourselves, but to honor and obey the Lord in love. Love is not easily angered. James 1.19 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce, bless you, the righteousness of God. Luke 9 uh, describes the story of james and john and jesus walking into the city and they don't receive him it's a samaritan village they don't receive jesus and james and john are offended on jesus's behalf right so this sounds really righteous because we do this i've seen it i've seen it uh i think i've done it i apologize now if i did in humility just clean it up whatever see me afterwards there'll be a line right here just so um they're, they're offended on Jesus' behalf. And what do they do? It's like, can I call down fire on this city? Let me call down fire. And it sounds super righteous and, and whatnot because it's like sanctified anger, right? That's, well, that's what we would call it. But Jesus, he turns to them and he rebukes them. You don't know what spirit you are of. And sometimes, man, we are, you know, I'm, I have kids and um, they – as you can imagine, they are not perfect all the time. They, they are not. It's, it's this thing. And um, you could be frustrated with your kids, let's say, in the morning. I, I say this because sometimes we project what's happening in our heart, and then because we call it prophecy, we're like sanctifying sin. That, that's what we're doing. Um, and so if I'm frustrated with kids, just practically, if I'm frustrated with my kids, it's probably a good idea for me to just wait before I prophesy over your kids. Yes? Because I'll probably project. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, cool. If I'm frustrated, you know, in whatever particular thing, I'm going through something, and uh, and then I, I run into someone who's going through the same thing. I should just be careful. I should be careful to prophesy. I may project, and, and that's not. We don't want to mix flesh with the divine. We don't want to do that. We want them to have the Lord and the Word and to be encouraged. And and so, I'm not. There may be a time where you just need to release it. I'm just saying be careful if that's the case with your content and your demeanor as you prophesy. All right. That's it. Why don't we stand? Yeah.